0: Yo, 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 what's going on? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kids of all ages. I am so happy to be with you at this moment in time. Um, first and foremost, I am Aaron Hunter, better known as A-Hun the Shogun. You dig what I'm saying? Uh, listen, this is a special occasion, a special occasion, special occasion. I cannot say this enough if you dig what I'm saying listen ladies and gentlemen boys and girls the world cup is here world cup 2022 is in full effect happy world cup day to you all um i wanted to bring back the shogun soccer sit down of course because we have 17 days of soccer football better as they call it you dig um, but before anything, let me go ahead and get into the intro for real, for real, and do this right. Am I the meanest? Sure now. Am I the prettiest? Sure now, now. Am I the baddest? No fool, no down around this time. Sure enough. Sure but well, who am I? Sure enough. Who am I? Sure enough. Sure I can't hear you. Sure enough. Shogun. All right, let's do it. a number one Shogun, number one rule in the universe. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's to protect your neck at all times. Otherwise, I'm coming through with the guillotine, chopping it off clean. You dig what I'm saying? The Jose Epibachi chef always got the grill on high, letting all this fly. Listen, Pablo Baldini, you dig what I'm saying? Slide tackling anybody into the fourth row that's got my ball. And it's not a foul because I got ball first. Okay, contact sport. I just need you to understand if I'm getting the ball and I also get your ankle, oops, is a clean tackle. You dig what I'm saying? Pele with the AK, letting that whole thing spray. I like to place my shots in the upper 90 because that's what I like to You dig what I'm saying? Okay, Petty Pie May all the way. I ain't got too much to say. I just need you to know I'm very formidable in all things in petty disciplines okay you dig yeah we're gonna be real petty listen first and foremost we're here you know it you love it uh the 11th well 113 time reigning pettyweight champion of the world ladies and gentlemen you know me you love me all i really need to do is understand who i be it's your boy petty gordo in the petty guerrero excuse me in the building dj hit my drop please okay 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 you know what i kind of we're gonna do some more of this a little bit you know what i'm saying because uh like i said uh let's go ahead and just drop it like it's hot what i'm saying need a little pick me up if you dig uh listen all right so group stages are getting ready to kick off of course um, Before we even get into any of the things, let's break a whole bunch of stuff down because I know for those of you out there that have listened to uh, the first couple of episodes of the Shogun Soccer Sit-Down, this show is literally to try and help any fan that has never really been a fan or not really understood the sport of soccer for you Americans or football for the rest of those out in the world. Um This is really to help you just to become a bigger fan, to get closer to the game, become more knowledgeable, so then that way you enjoy the sport more because you have a much better grasp and understanding of what's going on. So that's really why I'm here to do this. Now, we are really going to get into what makes up the beautiful game, the beautiful game, okay? Um... From my understanding so far, uh, you know, the World Cup supersedes almost any sporting event on planet Earth when it comes to viewership. Usually, there's about... I would say 1.1 billion on average that are watching the world cup. And you have to just take that into effect of like TVs, places that you can stream everything like that. And you might also see that that's actually probably going to be a bigger number, because if you think about it, they're probably surveying that across you know, different televisions or uh, streaming platforms, things like that. There's more than, I would say that there's probably going to be groups of people that are going to get together and they're all going to watch. So that's probably going to be a much larger number than just 1.1 billion in regards to the amount of people that are watching. So uh, this one, obviously, if you are not familiar with the World Cup or know what's going on or know where it's taking place, this is taking place in the country of Qatar um we'll leave some of the political stuff out of the side and really we'll just get into just the actual tournament itself getting excited for the fact that um this is a special one right because you have to think the fact that this is being played in a middle eastern country um it also takes into effect that this had to be shifted completely so normally the world cup itself will take place during the summer months so uh june all the month of june and then the first week of july that's usually when the world cup will take place takes place every four years but since Qatar run um normally during their summers you're looking at about 120 degrees uh (laughs) so that's going to be pretty much impossible for uh players to be playing in that extreme temperature so what they did is that they actually moved this tournament to take place in november Right. So right now, this is why this is a special um, version or iteration of the World Cup. Um, So. Now, uh, what you see is that there's been a break in between leagues. Normally, there's only about one or two leagues that you're running into. So the MLS has just finished and completed its season. Simultaneously, you also have uh, Germany that usually they go on to a winter break. Um, But other than that, every other uh, league across the globe is kind of still in the middle or in the midst of their um, season. So that's a big, big thing that'll come back in, and we'll talk about that in a further episode or a future episode just to kind of see what the repercussions or the ripple effects were from players that went off to go play in this World Cup. So with that being said, Host Nation always kicks off the first game. So uh, that game was actually played yesterday. If you were listening, this will be dropping today, uh, which is Monday. Um, but you also have a slew of games. So we've got a triple header that will be taking place uh, today. So um, let's get into it. We're going to break down each group. I'm going to talk about each group, and then we'll also go over uh, the score. of The first game from the Host Nation and that game was between Ecuador and and qatar so group a consists of ecuador ecuador uh the netherlands senegal and qatar um you from there you've got group b group b which will be taking place all of these games are going to be going on tomorrow so you've got uh england uh versus i believe iran and then you've got usa versus wales um tomorrow so that's group b so you've got england iran usa and wales in group b in group c we have argentina mexico poland saudi arabia group d we have australia denmark france and tunisia and you know what let me do you guys a solid here because i do want to try and put a visual up of this so give me one quick second and i'll go back through all of this with you But I want to at least give you guys a visual. So this way you can actually see what's going on and you can really take into account uh, what we are getting a chance to see, right? All right. So let's go back through. Okay. So, like I said, we've got Group A, Ecuador, Netherlands, Senegal, Qatar. Group B, England, Iran, USA, Wales. Uh, Group C, we've got Argentina, Mexico, Poland, Saudi Arabia. Group D, where we caught up to uh, before we uh, switched over. So we've got Australia, Denmark, France, and Tunisia. In Group E, we have Costa Rica, Germany, Japan, and Spain. In Group uh, F, we've got Belgium, Canada, Croatia, Morocco. And Group G, we've got Brazil, Cameroon, Serbia, and Switzerland, and Group H, which is the final group that we have. We have Ghana, South Korea, Portugal, and Uruguay. Okay, so now that we've gone through all of this, we're going to kind of backtrack and um, really kind of go through some of the things in regards to what we're – or at least what I would maybe give you my World Cup picks or at least group picks because I won't really um, decide. I think it's still too early for me to definitively – I can give you my favorites, but I can't tell you who I think is actually going to win um, because it's just you you don't know. And and there's so much that's happening and so much that's going on. So I'm going to break a lot of what's going on down um, so far. So like I said, there's only been one game that's been played, and that was with Host Nation Qatar versus Ecuador. So that uh, game ended in 2-0 uh, scoreline with... Uh, the double being scored by Inter Valencia. Um, So he is the captain, and I believe he is now the all-time leading goal scorer for Ecuador. Um, But uh, already there were some questionable calls with VAR. Uh, So initially, Ecuador scored the first goal, and uh, after a ruling from VAR, they had ruled the goal to be offsides now. I can tell you like this, there were two defenders that were already ahead of him or at least closer to the keeper. So if you're not familiar, for those of you out there trying to figure out offsides, what happens is that an attacking player has to be uh, at least on par or even in line with the final or last defender before the keeper. So let's say if I am here, right? So if I am closer to my goal than to my opponent's goal, um, and I still have a defender in front of me or uh, at least online with me, then I am considered on sides. But if I am in a space, even if it's a minute space, right? So my arm can be further forward um, in regards to where I am positionally on the field. And if I'm closer or if I have a body part or something like that, that's closer to the keeper than that last defender, then that's where I'm considered offside. So it was a really questionable call. You can go look at the screenshots. Um, They're going to be replaying a lot of these games. Uh, For any of you American viewers that are wanting to watch the games, um, Fox will be broadcasting a lot of these. Um, So you'll probably see them on Fox or FS1 or Fox Soccer Plus. Um, If you uh, maybe miss the games, you'll see re-airings as well. So that's a cool thing. I love about uh, the world cup and when it comes around, because you will always get to see the games. If you had, if you didn't have a chance to catch it. And of course, this is in a different time uh, part of the world. So, you know, a lot of these games are going to take place um, at much earlier broadcast times. So tomorrow, I think the first game uh, is at 8 a.m. And then I think the following game is at 11. And then the game after that, which is USA versus Wales, is 2 p.m. So coverage will start at 1. And I will be dressed in my USA kit. You know what I'm saying? Socks and all. Got the scarf. Got the hat. Everything's going. You dig? Uh, we got to make sure Uncle Sam's army is in full effect. You dig? We out here. Um. Okay. So, staying within Group A, um, I I honestly just don't see Qatar uh, being able to get out of the group stages. I am a little bit apprehensive in regards to saying that they might actually get on the score sheet. Um, I just don't see them playing against the level of competition that you have uh, in Ecuador, which obviously they showed that, the Netherlands, and Senegal. Now... Uh, One key thing to talk about within this group um, is the fact that Senegal is without their talisman striker, uh, Mario Sane, because he was ruled out with injury while uh, he um, was in training leading up to the World Cup. So unfortunately, he caught a knock um, during training, and he was initially still ruled to be with the team um, just because he's that important of a player for them. Um, And then uh, it was announced probably not even a few hours later that he would not be participating in the World Cup. Now, this is essential, um, and this is a very common theme that you will see here. Um, I can easily say I think throughout all of these groups, there's at least one team within each group that is without a very key player uh, for their national side. So, Senegal, um, albeit while I did have them maybe putting in a decent run to possibly either finish second uh, or possibly win their group. Um, But without Sadio Mane, I just don't know or I'm not really as familiar with their national team setup I'm not familiar with uh, many of the Senegalese players um, unless they play in one of the major five European leagues. I'm not very familiar with them. So uh, no matter what, I would still say that um, all three of the teams outside of the host team, are going to at least give each other a little bit of trouble. Um, The one thing you have to keep in mind, too, right? So, so far, as you see here, we've got Ecuador, who is at the top of the group because they have uh, one game already played and they have a win, and they also have two goals for. So, um, let's say if we're looking at points scored, again, if you've listened to previous episodes of the Shogun Soccer Sit-Down, um, it, it's almost the same as like the Champions League group stages. So, you know, when you're in your groups, then you are playing pseudo for points, but wins are very important. Um, but then if you get to a point that you have two teams that are uh, tied on wins, then you go to goal differentiation. So it usually it's going to be goals for first, and then uh, it's going to switch for uh, goals conceded. So There is that now on to group B. Yeah. Uh, well, wait, 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 excuse me. Excuse me. Let me, um, let me do this. So let me at least pick who I think might end up coming out of, uh, group a now I am always going to have an affinity for the Netherlands. Uh, just from my time working with a lot of Dutch coaches, uh, Midwest soccer Academy, if you're familiar, um, Uh, Midwest Soccer Academy is an academy uh, that is usually run during the summer or at least was. It's been a while since I've uh, worked alongside them. But uh, originally, uh, when I was working with them, it was known as the Dutch Touch. Um, But there were a lot of Dutch influences, Dutch coaches, Dutch uh, systems, a lot of things there. So that's really how I got my start into coaching but that's also why I have such an affinity for the Netherlands. So I'm going to say that Ecuador and the Netherlands are probably my two favorites. I don't know where they're going to finish. I think if I were to go out on a limb, I'd probably say the Netherlands could end up being first in the group. I also think Ecuador. But um, I know that African teams seem to give a lot of South American teams fits. So that's still that question mark or it's up in the air um for senegal so um it's going to be a three horse race for two spots and sorry to say qatar you just got to get knocked out now maybe i'm just being petty but to be quite honest i don't think qatar should be hosting this world cup i'm just going to leave it at that so given an opportunity let them shine a little bit but Um, I just don't expect him to do much else uh, in the group stages. Uh, Okay, now we can get on to uh, group B, okay? Um, Yeah, mate. So let's do it. I'm ready. Oh, yes! (laughs) Boy, oh, boy. I have been ready and waiting. So like most American fans, right, um, we are really kind of dealing with the fact that, uh, you know, we didn't qualify for the last World Cup, so it let a really bitter taste in the mouth of most of the American outlaws and, and uh, Uncle Sam's army, all of the American uh, national or U.S. men's national team fans. Um, it We really started to see a lot of growth. So if you if you go back, you have to, the last time that we were in a World Cup, uh, we were under the tutelage, I believe, of Jurgen Um, That didn't work out so well, um, and there was a really big shift in the way that, like, the national team setup was. Um, there's also a really big, uh, there's a really big gap between, you know, our academy systems versus high school, college, all those things. Again, I can go into so much further detail or if you go back and listen to episode one or episode two of the Shogun Soccer Sit-Down, I really do start to break down the difference between like the American sporting setup versus like the uh, European or South American Academy setup. Um, so that will really give you a lot more detail. So fast forward, uh, we're now under the tutelage of Greg Burhalter, Ber- Greg Burhalter being a former... Um, member of the U.S. Men's National Team uh, as a defender, Um, also coming out of the MLS as well. So he's got a really good grasp of what the league's growth looks like, Uh, former coach of the Columbus Crew, um, and then took over as the head coach of the U.S. Men's National Team. Now, I do have a bit of a bone to pick with him uh, in regards to some of his selections that he made, and it's really one in particular, but hopefully I am proven wrong. But I have a really, really hard time in the fact that Jordan Morris was selected as one of our strikers. So he's an MLS player plays for the Seattle Sounders. Um, broke into the uh first team ranks on the US men's national team uh after coming out of college. Uh, being one of the top prospects coming out of college as well. Um, But he was also coming off, if I'm not mistaken, coming off of a serious uh, knee injury. And I don't know if it was ACL, MCL, anything like that, but I know that he did have a serious knee injury, but I know he worked his way back into full fitness. The reason why I have this issue with Jordan Morris is because I do not think that he is clinical, Um, And we kind of need a little bit more steel, in my opinion, um, from someone that I think can do a better job up front. That person, if I were to have been in Greg Berhalter's shoes, my selection would have been for Brandon Vasquez for FC Cincinnati. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to you, my G. Um, Brandon Vasquez had a really great, like he had a great year, won the golden, tied for the golden boot. Uh so the golden boot if you're not familiar for those of us that are not soccer fans and don't speak soccer terminology or football terminology golden boot just means that you scored the most goals in your league um and he actually tied with his teammate Brenner so the Brazilian forward and uh Brandon Vasquez both scored 18 goals um which I think that tied them for 10th combined uh in regards to all-time duo uh, scoring partnerships so there is that now um in this group uh everybody to be honest this is kind of like my sleeper group of death and what they call a group of death is that every single team has an opportunity to advance like there is a high probability that it can be absolute mayhem uh, all throughout this. Now, one thing that I do hear a lot from uh, some of the other fans uh, of teams in this group is England, uh, English fans, just for whatever reason, kind of overlook a lot of other squads just because they have a really good league. So, for me, I can't, I, I do not trust Gareth Southgate, who is the manager of England. I don't think that he really has an identity Um, as a coach. And more often than not, when you're a manager, you have a style in which you want to play. You have a way in which you want to play. You have a way that you want to, you know, you can either set up defensively and be a counter-attacking team or you can be a possession-based team. So that means that you are going to really dictate uh, the play or the speed of play. Um, and also the possession of the ball. You're going to have it more than your opponents. Um, Or it's just a very breakneck, open, counterattack, 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 and all hell breaks loose. That's kind of what we saw in the first game between Qatar and Ecuador because it was just like you got to feel each other out. The teams have to feel each other out to try and figure out, you know, how can we break down what pace – can we play at that we still have our advantage or what, what pace can we make them play at? So we have that advantage still. So for me, I am going to say that England's going to finish second. USA is going to finish first. I said what I said. I don't give a shit about anybody else in this group to be quite honest. You know what I'm saying? Team USA. Yes, that sounds exactly like an American. And you know what? That's how I'm going to be. Because that's how everybody should be. If your team is in the World Cup Finals Tournament, guess what? You should not give a ratatouille about anybody else that is not your squad. Now, that's a whole lie. While I said that, I will also contradict. If USA ain't winning it, then what I would like to see In totality, which this is feasibly possible. I would like to see Leo Messi versus Cristiano Ronaldo. So I want to see Portugal versus Argentina if USA is not going all the way. And yes, I think that we do have a really, really good chance to do that. I think that there is a good mix. There is a lot of youth there. And the fact is, is that nobody really knows what our squad is capable of. There are a lot of young, talented players that all are – uh, the majority of them are applying their trade um, in Europe, so in in a, a lot of their leagues. Now, maybe I, I'm uh, being a little harsh on Jordan Morse. Uh, also, question mark, um, there's another player that we have, and I really wouldn't have thought to have brought him, um, but let's see. Josh Sargent. I, I know he plays in Europe, but I also know that um, he's not been getting a lot of game time, so that does worry me a bit. But, you know, again, we got to back all the players that are there, so while they're there, you know what I'm saying? We just got to hope that everybody just plays out. Now, I'm spending a lot of time because, again, these are the games that we're going to see the most. So while we will see England and Iran, I think, are first. Then we will see uh, USA, I believe. Okay, so 8 a.m. So for those of you, after this drops, you'll probably be catching this as this game is going on. So England versus Iran is going to be at 8 a.m. And then you also have the final game out of Group A, which is going to be Senegal versus Netherlands. That's going to be at 11 a.m., um, and then the final game in group B, you will have a USA versus Wales. Now, right now, I'm not sure if I'm going to do these every day and drop these at least to a certain point to where I'm covering each group. Um, but for the most part, I want to at least give you full context of each uh, each group and who my predictions are for um, who te- the first and the winner of that group. And then the runner up of uh, that group as well. So, USA uh, is going to be winning that group, and I think that England England will be uh, runners-up. It might even be reversed, but who knows. So I'd much rather us, and the reason why I say this, for those that are not familiar with the World Cup, don't know why it's important for you to win your group, is because you're more than likely to have home field advantage uh, in regards to you know kits um where you are uh different things like that um but that also it's really the most important because you don't want to be a runner-up in a group and then come up against a strong squad that could potentially knock you out and or make your pathway more difficult to move through the tournament in advance so there's that all right so Now, in Group C, we've got Argentina, Mexico, Poland, and Saudi Arabia. Um, I can already kind of tell you right now, the way that you see it, uh, I think that you are probably going to end up with Argentina winning Group C uh, and Mexico being runners-up. I do think that the dark horse of this group is actually Poland, um, but Saudi Arabia does put together a really good squad, and they perform Pretty well uh, in World Cup tournaments. Um, At bare minimum, they at least give a lot of teams a very, very difficult opponent to uh, play against. And they make that game very difficult. So they know how to at least kind of play within their style, but they are um, also very good at being able to adapt to their opponent's style. And figuring out that if our opponent is possession-based, then we are going to focus on counterattack, right? So we're going to try and close the spaces down as much as possible, uh, try to make sure that they're not playing in between the lines. And basically what that means is playing in between your your lines. So you've got your forward line, your midfield, and your defensive line. So – What you want to make sure to do is that you're not allowing passes that go in between those lines. That's what I'm saying. Um, So I'm interested to see what's coming out of that, but I really am, uh, I think, pretty positive that Argentina and Mexico are going to end up moving on out of Group C. Um, So there's that. But I am a big fan of Robert Lewandowski. Um, And I think that he is going to show out this tournament, but uh, he seems to do much better with club than he does with country. Um, Poland just uh, maybe doesn't have a lot of players that really shock and awe and wow you, but they are playing in really good leagues uh, across Europe. So um, I will say that they're going to be my dark horse uh, out of group C. All right. Now group D. Okay, this is the most interesting of all the groups, at least uh, at, at, at for the current time frame, or at least in um, group stages. And the reason why I say this is interesting is because um, France, being the reigning World Cup champion, um, has been riddled with injuries all across the board. Um, and this is just from players that haven't been selected um, to go due to injury there france has a lot of quality uh on its depth chart um in regards to who they have the chance but they also had uh the reigning ball on door which is best player uh voted best player in the world um uh recipient in kareem benzema but unfortunately he received a knock Um, during one of the trainings had to pull out and was ruled out of the world cup. And I must say that I am truly, truly gutted um, that he is not able to participate um, in a major tournament. He had been recalled back into the national team um, after a long hiatus. We'll leave it at that. Um, if you want a little bit more info, just look up Kareem Benzema and why he wasn't in the French national team. There you go. Um, but, yeah, the fact that this man has been ha- on a, a really good run of form um, for Club Real Madrid uh, and, you know, being able to be called back in, he was going to lead the line. And they also, uh, it was it was really imperative Um to have him in the team. And it is a a bigger loss now because a few days prior to um, his announcement of of being ruled out of the tournament, there was another French striker um, whose name I am going to despicably, uh, but I'm going to try, you know what I'm saying? Why not? So I don't even know if they have him still on roster um, just due to the fact that, he is, yes, they do not. So they've updated the roster. So he is not here. Um, Kutu, I think that is his name, um, but he is a prolific striker. He actually is leading one of Europe's top five leagues uh, in goals scored. So his goals not being there. And then you also look, Kareem Benzema's goals are not there as well. Um, even though they still do have a dangerous strike partnership, uh Let's see, so you've got Kylian Mbappe, Antoine Griezmann, Olivier Giroud, uh, Dembele, yeah. So you've got some attacking options, but there's really not much else that I'm seeing um in regards to just your striker line, your front line. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm almost positive that France plays in a 4-3-3. So you really... Um, burning the candle at both ends if you're playing uh Griezmann, Mbappe, and Giroud all uh in the same line. You've still got Komen uh coming off the bench. Um, that is and then Teram Marcus Teram. I, f- I forgot about Marcus Drum. Yeah, so you've got him and Munai. I'm not familiar. So I haven't really had a chance to see any of the other forwards outside of Dembele, who also plays for Barcelona. So I'm familiar with him, but I just haven't had a chance to see any of the other French strikers or forwards that they have. So um, still a very solid squad uh, that you do see there. But um, France, I'm just very leery. They were tournament favorites. Uh, I also know that I saw something on Bleacher Report where there was a guy that uh, is waiting for a payout that would put him, if if France were to win and he were to cash out, uh, he would end up taking home uh, a little over half a million dollars um, for the bet that he placed. So, which leaves us, I still think that France is probably going to end up topping the group. Um, I just don't think that Tunisia... Is strong enough, but that leaves Denmark, which has a pretty decent squad, um, and Australia. Now let's see who is on Denmark that I am familiar with. Well, Casper's Michael, number one. We got Christian Eriksen, uh, Braithwaite, that plays for Barcelona. Yeah, see, they've got some squad. They got some quality players uh, all throughout their their squad. Um, which is why I, I think they play really well, uh, collectively. And I must say that I'm going to, yeah, Yusuf Paulson, I'm familiar with him out of the Bundesliga. Okay. So let me, and the reason why I wanted to do this, because you know what I'm going to do? We're going to figure out how to, yeah, we're going to figure this out. So I'm going to say, France tops the group. Denmark, where they're placed right now, is probably going to um, be the runners up in Group D. But Australia will always give you fits. Um, and if you're not familiar with the Aussies, you dig. Um, Tim Cahill, I remember the goal that was in South Africa, 2010 tournament, uh, the ball comes in from about 35 yards out, which was a cross. Uh, he is actually running onto it, peels off the, uh, I think this was the center back. So this was actually the right center back who was chasing, facing his goal. So he was on the center backs, left-hand side peels off the shoulder, and just inside the 18-yard box, he, I'm talking laces, a left-foot volley, and there was absolutely no spin, just all dip. Um, Because I think they were playing with a bazooka ball. I remember that pattern. So, yeah, Tim Cahill, probably a, a goal that is going to be burned into my... Um, mine for all eternity, uh, and I just like the fight of the Australians. So um, I think they're representing Asian Atlantic uh, Federation. So, yeah. But I still think that Denmark and France are going to be the two that move on. All right, now we're in Group E. Costa Rica, Germany, Japan, and Spain. Now, this, honestly, folks, is the actual group of deaths. Um, because I don't see anything outside of that to where, yeah, no. There's a South American country in Costa Rica, which always does well. I'm going to tell you the reason why is Kayler Navas is going to play outside of his skin. And if you are not familiar with Kaylor Navas, he is a three-time Champions League winner with Real Madrid, uh, also, I think he is a, in the last World Cup iteration, they were quarterfinalists or semifinalists? One of the two. Um, quarterfinals, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, amazing goalkeeper, super undervalued, underappreciated, and I'm just not going to hold you. I love him as a keeper, and I think they did. Hint- like, he just does not get the credit that he deserves. Um Germany, Germany is always a tournament favorite. Uh, I think the reason why Germany is always very solid is because um, structurally and also because of their league, they do a really good job of fostering and feeding up to the first team. Um, But they also, and I have to give it to the German FA, they did a lot of work. After the 2000 or leading up to, I want to say it was leading up to the 2002 World Cup. um, Yeah, I want to say that was when they hosted the World Cup. And Philip Lom scored that in swinging right footed goal from about 35 out. Um, But since then, they've just done reinvest, reinvest, reinvest into their league, into their academies. So they have just made it a really, like, good from top to bottom uh, in regards to how well they're able to churn out talent. Um, Japan, for me, I think Japan is going to give a lot of these teams fits because um, in regards to how well they play together, uh, their discipline is actually really good as well. Um, and Japan... As much as people really cut their league to shreds, like they do a really good job of being able to develop their players to play in the systems um, that they need. So mm, this is going to be very difficult to pick a winner and a runner-up. I'm going to give Spain a little bit of love, but I don't know. Oh, this is so hard. Um, pause. Uh, this is this is difficult. I I don't know. You know what? I'm not really sure who we are gonna get, but we're gonna get them. Um Germany, Germany or Spain are probably going to end up topping the group. Now, whether or not Spain has another shit to bed moment like they did when they played in Brazil. Uh, where they crashed out of the group stages uh, it remains to be seen. I don't know if they're really going to run into that. Um, I think they have done a much better job of mixing youth and experience. So we've got Ansu Fati, Pedri, Gavi, Sergio Busquets, all of them, Jordi Alba. Holy crap. We got Bladet, uh, coming from barcelona you're going to have a really big contingent of real madrid barcelona that's always going to be a part um but real madrid doesn't necessarily have as many spanish players kind of leading the line marco Asensio. uh let's see you've got him and danny Cavajal. uh who else Yeah, I think those might be the only two coming from Real Madrid, which, you know, that is a very big shift in how quickly things can change. But I really still do like their squad. I just don't see a really good forward that, well, I think Fernand Torres might actually start over top of uh, Marata, but. For some reason, Morata just gets a lot of love for Spain, and I can't tell you why. Uh, I don't think he's very prolific. I, there's not really anything that he does that makes you want to write home to him, uh, write home to your family about. So yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I see it. Um, but I am still giving Spain. I'm going to say that Germany's probably going to end up uh, winning this group with Spain coming in second. Now. I will maybe switch Japan, but I think Japan could surprise a lot of people, and they do have the potential to actually end up winning the group. Um, So I'm going to just leave it like that. All right, now Group F. Let's keep it pushing. Um, Group F, we've got Belgium, Canada, Croatia, and Morocco. This is also a very difficult group. As I've gone down the page, It's become more and more difficult because I'm so familiar with, um, you know, how well these teams play. Now, maybe I might not be familiar with, um, you know, any of their, like, key figural um, players for, let's say, Morocco, which I think they've got Hakimi, uh, who plays as right back for PSG. Then you've got Croatia, for sure. Uh, Luka Modric, who does play for Real Madrid, Um, but he is getting older. Uh, Luka Modric did. uh, He is a former uh, recipient of the Ballon d'Or. Albeit, I don't think he deserved it when he did. I just think they wanted to vote for somebody else other than Leo Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. So that's what they did. But not to take away from him, he did have a great season that season. Um, I just think they were really a little bit too reliant on trophies one uh, during the season in which he did receive the ball on door. So let's see, let's see. Um, I'm going to show some love to my Canucks up north. You dig what I'm saying? I think they're actually going to end up um, coming in second in this group. Now, my toss up comes from Belgium. Belgium is a really good squad. Uh, they have a lot of talent that plays in a lot of major leagues uh, across Europe. Um, But there is the potential that they will not show up and they just always seem to be permanent potential. Um, This is their golden era of like the best players that they've been able to produce. I would argue over the span of its, you know, that they've been around as a national team. So they should have done much better in the last iteration of the world cup, but they didn't. And I think a lot of that was just due to players not really giving a thousand percent, which is crazy to me because it's like, if you take an opponent lightly, I don't care who the opponent is. You are in a world cup final tournament. You should be looking at every single team as trying to take that trophy away from you because that's what they're doing so belgium i just don't have enough faith in them to really give them that so i'm gonna actually end up picking croatia but for me it's probably it probably could end up being either belgium or croatia the top the group so topping group f um group g listen okay um Let's see. We're going to go ahead and play a little little bit of You know what I'm saying? We got to set the vibe, set the mood. You know what I mean? Hey, let's go. Now, if you're, if you are actually watching on YouTube, you see why I did this, right? We got one of the tournament favorites, and, uh, they bring me so much joy getting a chance to watch them. You dig? I love it. I love it. All right. Now, Black Eyed Bees, cut it out. Um, Brazil. We got Brazil, Cameroon, Serbia, and Switzerland. Okay. Okay. So here's what I'm going to say. Serbia's always got a good squad because I think a lot of people really don't give them enough credit for the amount of talent that uh always seems to come um you know from Serbia. Serbia again is part of former um you know Yugoslavia, uh, but then you same thing with Croatia, um uh Bosnia and Herzegovina. I think Those countries actually separated too. So everything is kind of like spread out. But regardless is that there were really quality players that that were coming out of Eastern Europe. So I think that Serbia does have a really good potential to just jack it up for a couple people. I know that they're probably going to end up giving Brazil fits. The one thing I will say, though, is that... I'm going to give some love to Cameroon, and I think Cameroon might actually end up doing some things. I haven't really given too much love to any African squads, and I think so far I have not picked any to move on. And that's a whole lie because what I did say prior to this is that I think that when we get into the knockout stages, bare minimum, you'll at least see about two to three African nations that will uh, be in the knockout rounds um so Cameroon you're gonna be one of them you dig what I'm saying um for sure uh Switzerland um they always seem to do well you got granted Chaka and then you've got uh Shakiri, who no matter what when he puts on that uh national team jersey for the Swiss he just plays lights out doesn't matter um So, yeah, I think I'm going to give some love to. Yeah, I'm going to give some love to Cameroon for sure. I think they're going to make it out of there. Are there any other African teams that I'm going to give any love to? Yeah, no, I don't really see it. So, yeah, I think Cameroon's going to be our team. Damn, that's crazy. All right. Now, Brazil. Tournament favorites for sure. I think they have the potential to at least make it on to quarterfinals. I mean, it's if they don't make it to at bare minimum semifinals, then it's a failed tournament. And uh, having the amount of talent that they have on that squad, um, yeah, I just, I did absolutely for me. I, I just can't see them shit in the bed, so to speak. But. Um, they definitely are going to be tournament favorites with the potential to make it to the World Cup final. All right, Group H, let's go. So here we also have uh, a very interesting storyline. Although we've got Ghana, South Korea, and Uruguay, um, all eyes are also going to be on Portugal. Um, And the reasons why... Um, almost have a lot to do more to do with off the field than on the field. So if you're not, if you've lived under rock for however long and you are not familiar with a gentleman by the name of Cristiano Ronaldo, he just so happens to be the captain for Portugal, but a lot of speculation and BS was just kind of swirling around him leading into folks going to the world cup. Um, if you're not familiar, uh, he is currently under contract with Manchester United, but um, he walked out. So it was like a succession a succession of things that happened with Cristiano Ronaldo. Eric Tinhog, who's the manager of Man U, um, decided not to select him up until with two minutes left in regular time. Uh, for Manchester United to tell him to go onto the field. Now, mind you, Cristiano Ronaldo has won almost everything that you can win at the club level and even won at uh, the national team level as well. So, mm, he's missing a World Cup trophy, but this is going to be, I believe, his last tournament, and we already know that this is also going to be Leo Messi's last tournament. Even though Leo Messi retired already, I think that this is still going to end up being his last tournament because of, excuse me, where he is in age. So um, back to Portugal. I think that Portugal is going to end up coming out of this. But what I don't know What I don't know is how. Who, what, when, where, how. And, you know, I need to probably give a little bit more credit to the African teams because, again, we're in um, the Middle East. and Well, tournament's taking place in the Middle East. And if you are familiar with um, Africa and what's going on, I, I think that... Players are African teams should be better adapted for heat. And even though this tournament is being played in November, it's still very hot in uh, Qatar. So I think that Ghana can do well here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do here. So this also has the potential to just be an absolute buster, right? Like this this the whole bracket can just get blown up. Um because again, man, it's a World Cup, anything can happen even though on paper you think something's supposed to look a certain way. Listen, I can't even begin to imagine what it would be like to walk out onto, you know, a World Cup pitch and not be just like, um, so yeah, I think some of these teams are just going to play the way they want to play without anything hanging over them. Um, you won't really see any like panic playing from teams until you get to the final match day of the tournament, like in regards to the round before they go into the knockout stage. So each team's got to play all the other teams once And then once that's done, then the team uh, at the end with the most points um, is going to be the winner, uh, while the team closest to them is going to be the runner-up. So, only two can advance. All right. Um, But, yeah, I'm going to say Portugal will win the group, and Ghana will be be the runners-up. Um, mm, but that Uruguay pick and South Korea. Woo You know what? I'm gonna put question marks on this one. I know I just said what I said, but I'm gonna put question marks. Yeah, I can do that. It's my motherfucking show, anyways. <laughs> um, so with with that being said, um tomorrow, like I said, to recap, we've got England versus Iran at 8 a.m. for those that are uh stateside. Um, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fox, I believe. And then you've got the 11 o'clock game, which is going to be the final game out of Group A, which is going to be um, Senegal versus the Netherlands. So I feel like the Netherlands is going to do well here. I personally... Just I'm not sure what we can expect out of Group A. um. And then on at 2 p.m., you've got USA versus Wales. That is still going to be a bit of a difficult game for us, for sure. Not going to say that we're going to make it hard on ourselves, but it's just going to be a difficult game because you have a really good whale squad Um, I think a lot of people just give them not enough credit. Same. I'm saying this all across the board, but I just don't think a lot of people give them credit. So um, other than that, though, I will say, so I've shown you which teams are advancing. um, And also uh, I have actually joined up to play fantasy, uh, which is a rarity. I'm not the type of person to play fantasy sports um or at least come up with a team build a squad and then do that it's been a while since i've done that but of course you know this is world cup what do you think i'm supposed to do so i came up with a team now um if you follow me on twitter you can actually go on to my page and check to see where my team is, and I posted it, and it's a Mod Pods. Uh, so basically what it is, if you go on to FIFA.com or the World Cup, um, and you go into their site, you can play their sign-up for a fantasy game. You can join a league if you are familiar with the league to join, or you uh, can create a league. So it's something that you can do with your friends as well. But you will be given $100 million, and you are supposed to select 11 outfield players along with four bench players players yep all right cool just had to make sure it was four had to think about it for a hot second um so yeah at any point in time if you would like to have a little bit more stake in the game so to speak is you can at least create a fantasy team um but yeah so if you follow me on twitter you can see that post uh it's up there probably about a day or two old but it's up there um and i will figure out whether or not I'll be able to come back and talk about or recap the group stages. Now, like I said before, I already went over, um, I already went over Group A uh, and their initial, the kickoff game to the World Cup, which is the host nation. Now, let me tell you about this stupid stat that is the most ridiculous thing that I didn't even know until I knew it, right? Or until it was told to me. Now, In all the iterations of the World Cup Final Tournament, no host nation has ever lost an opening match in the entirety of the tournaments. Let that sink in. Cool. Got it. See what I'm saying? Yeah. But we're getting along in the twos. So you know what I'm going to say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We're going to figure out whether or not I'm going to be back tomorrow to give you a recap of uh, Group B and the last game or final game in Group A. Um, Listen, I enjoy doing this, so maybe I just might. Um, but what I'll probably do is do shorts and short recaps so I can post those up onto YouTube. So this will be going up onto YouTube as well, just so this way for those that would like to see what's going on, kind of track along if you don't really follow as much. So, yeah, we're going to just really get into that and follow that. But uh, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, kids of all ages, I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Remember, 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 Rule number one in the universe, as always, is to protect your neck at all times. Otherwise, I'm coming through with the guillotine and chopping shit clean. Uh, 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 uh. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. I hope you all enjoy tomorrow's or today's games. Uh, when you hear this, when you watch, I hope you enjoy this entire tournament dig what I'm saying I hope you guys sincerely enjoy this entire tournament I hope you get a chance to really see uh the love enjoy. if you are anywhere go check out a watch party for sure have people over if you can um if you are anywhere close by me there are a bunch of different places that are having watch parties everywhere if you have questions I can help you find a place to go watch it and if you need to I can help you find a team if you don't have a team to root for, I can help you find a team to root for, okay? Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Shogun Soccer Sit-Down. Uh, I am your host, as always, Aaron Hunter, better known as a Hunter number one Shogun. You dig what I'm saying. Appreciate you, appreciate you, appreciate you. Love you. Go watch these games. Go enjoy this beautiful game. Until we meet again, I'll let y'all later.